Hey everyone, welcome back to the Call to Build podcast. Today happens to be my 40th birthday. And so I want to tell you a few things that I have learned in my last 40 years. I know I have a lot more to learn, (laughs) but I feel like I have learned a lot. And so if you are not yet 40, or maybe you are and past that age, Maybe these are some things you've already learned or some things that maybe could help you as well. So I am going to just get into it and start sharing some things that I've learned so far in these 40 years. So the first thing that is probably the biggest thing is to think about what I am thinking about. I think a lot. I tend to overthink. I'm an overanalyzer, and what I realize, and I still have to work on this to this day, is that where I allow my thoughts to go, this is going to impact my entire trajectory of my life, and this can be both in a good way and a bad way, and I shared about this on my Instagram not too long ago, but I've been dealing with some stuff um, going through counseling and realizing some things that I believe about myself. And one of those things is that I am, I struggle with feeling rejected, that I will be rejected in, you know, different circumstances or what have you. But one of the things that the counselor pointed out to me was that when we have this core belief about ourselves, we will constantly go into circumstances looking for proof that we're right. (laughs) So we will collect evidence um, in, in search of proving ourselves correct. So I would go into situations and it really is something you have to train yourself to not do, but go into situations looking to, am I, who's rejecting me in this situation? Um, do I have to prove to these people that I am worth knowing or how are they going to act in a way in which I will feel rejected? So, but this all comes down to thought processes and we all know the verses that say, Um, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And I think even though a long time ago, I would say 10-ish years ago, uh, the Lord really started working with me on my thoughts because I was very mean to myself and I still can be from time to time. But I really started realizing that It was a way that I tried to protect myself. If I thought mean things ahead of time about myself, then at least I wouldn't be caught off guard if other people thought mean things about me. Um, And maybe they were like 10% true, you know? And so if I thought them, it felt like at least I was being realistic. At least I wasn't lying to myself. But it's not that I'm saying when we think things that we should 
think that things that aren't true (laughs) just to be positive, but we tend to think things that are not things that God would say about us. So when it comes down to our identity, we might say things like, I'm not worth it. I'm not lovable. You know, when you really get to the bottom of what our core fears are, those are usually part of the package. And the truth is, is that God's word does not say that about us. Um, he says that we are loved or chosen, we're accepted, we're redeemed, we're forgiven. And it really doesn't matter if other people um, validate that. God already says it's so. And the other people didn't die on a cross for us. So he has all authority. And we must choose to focus on those things. And this really takes discipline within our minds because our patterns of behavior and within our minds are usually to just go to the negative. And so that's something that I've really had to challenge myself in. And I've noticed like if I've seen patterns of negativity in my life where I keep having the same outcomes or um, the same frustrations, it's like, okay, what am I thinking? Really have to go back to that. So that would be the first really big one. Another thing that I've learned is that I need to love people for who they are and not who I wish they were. And this can be hard because we, you know, get expectations of people and what we want them to do, the the place that or the role that we want them to have in our lives. But ultimately, when you have expectations of people that they end up not meeting, we just carry around resentment. And who wants to live resentful? I mean, it just doesn't sound fun or happy to me, you know? And I think it's because I've tried that and didn't work out so great. So it's not easy. Again, these are all kind of hard things. But... It's the idea that, you know, maybe there's a boundary that has to be set. Um, Because another thing that I learned is I'm a very vulnerable, I mean, even sharing this with you, you guys know, if you follow me or listen to me or have done anything with me for any amount of time, you'll know that I'm I'm vulnerable. I, I say a lot of things that only most people think. I say them out loud. I'll tell you pretty much anything that's going on in my life and what God's teaching me. And I'm just very open. And I would be like that in my personal life as well. And what I learned, though, is that not every person is a safe person to be an inner circle person. And I would try to make everyone my inner circle person because I thought that created the connection. But... I often found myself disappointed because those people actually didn't want to be the inner circle. And so I would expose a lot of vulnerabilities and they wouldn't guard those things that were very sacred to me and very exposing to me. They wouldn't guard them in the way that I I would have appreciated And so realizing that there's some people who are inner circle people, and those are the people that you 
share those things with. And then there's, you know, the next level and there's just circles and the outside, outside. And you don't share every single thing with every single circle. Some circles are privy to more intimate knowledge. But the people that are on those outside, as you move them to the outer circles, so to speak, because you realize, okay, this is the boundary that I'm going to set. Like you get this, you get to be on this level and you love them there. And you love them because this is who they are and you're not going to, you're not going to resent them anymore because they cannot love you or return the, the kind of relationship that you wish that you could have with them. But you love them for where they are at without needing something back from them. And that's really, really hard. But what I found is that when you release people in that way, that God will bring other people in your life to love you in that way that you need, if that makes sense. So another thing that I've learned is to pray big, to pray big, extraordinary prayers, because why not? (laughs) I know some people are Uh, think you're like taking advantage of God or something if you pray big prayers. But my philosophy on it is that God can say no to any prayer that I pray. Um, But he could also say yes, so why not pray it? Um, I always go back to if any of you are old enough to have ever done the Believing God study by Beth Moore. She I practically memorized that study. I listened to it on CDs in my car when I lived overseas and I would just drive around listening to it. It was so impactful on my life. But um, there was a story that she told in there about when she was, I don't know, in elementary school and she asked her parents if she could ride an elephant to school. (laughs) And she said, you know, of course, they did not get her an elephant to ride to school, but they were thrilled and were just giddy over the fact that she asked. And her point was that God is the same way with us. Like, you know, I can't give that to you, but I think it's so amazing that you would ask. And so I kind of see it like that. And if you've listened to my podcast in the past, then you already know this story or read um, my blog post about this, but I'm going to just tell the story again. This is just one example of how God's done this in my life. Um, I wanted to go to She Speaks conference for years because I wanted to be a speaker and writer and all that. And so one year I decided, you know what, I'm going to pray that God allows me to go to the conference for free. Now, at this time, I lived in California. You know, the flight would have been, I don't know, who knows how much the flight would have been. But the total cost of the trip, including the conference, would probably be over $1,000, maybe a couple thousand. And so, you know, how would that ever work out? Who knows? But I prayed it anyways because, you know, this is my philosophy. So... I prayed that in about January. By the fall of that year, I worked for the company that put that conference on. 
and lived in the same city where that conference was held. I not only got to attend the conference for free and meet with publishers, but I was a host at that conference. So I felt like in this instance, you know, the Lord was like, oh, you want to go to that conference for free? Okay, I will see your conference and I will raise you to host it. I even did a session at it. I spoke at the conference (laughs) and talk about mind blowing. So this is something else that I just, I, when you have a relationship with someone, which we do with the Lord, he's our dad, you know, like, of course your dad's not going to give you everything that you want. But as a parent, when my kids really want something, it is a thrill to be able to give them (laughs) that gift. And so that was a gift for me and it continues to be a gift for me because I still work here and, you know, things are just still happening. And so who knows, who knows, just why not pray big? And I've seen God restore relationships and I've seen God heal and I want to keep praying big because that's the God that I serve. Okay, so here's another thing that I've learned not to take my deepest questions to people. Now, I probably could have clumped this in with the last thing that I said about relationships and all of that. But as someone who works a lot online and have done for the past, you know, 10, 11 years, I I do still find myself, if I'm honest, getting into performance mentality. And there is a high I don't care what anybody tells you. There is a high that comes from um, the response, from something that you share, right? Um, But I found at the beginning of doing this that I would put something online or it could probably even be in my real life, like put something out there, say something, share something, and really underneath the question that is attached to that is, am I worthy? Am I valuable? Am I lovable? Etc. And if no one responds to that in the way that we need, then we perceive the answer to be no. You are not valuable. You are not lovable. You are not worthy. And So I felt like the Lord challenged me. You're taking your question, your questions to the wrong people. You're, you're wanting them to answer this for you. And even if they tried, even if they told you everything that you wanted to hear, it's just like a leaky sieve is just going to fall right through. It's not going to last. You'll just have to do it again and again and again and again. And you'll never, ever be satisfied. And so that I needed to learn to take my questions of deep meaning to him. Lord, do you think I'm valuable? Do you think I'm lovable? Do you think I'm worth something? And letting him answer those questions. Because then when you show up in relationships when you show up on social media, 
you've taken your question to someone who's poured into you and it's something of value, right? It's not something that's going to just be momentary. And you're not then asking for an exchange with the people that you're you're putting that information in front of, that conversation, whatever it is. You're not saying, I'm doing this in order to get something back. You aren't needing something from them. Again, it's about the, I get what I need from God in order to then give it back to you. And our source really being him and that we need to get everything, everything that we need from him. The questions that we all have, no one gets to escape this life without those questions in their hearts and in their souls. Don't let anyone fool you into thinking that you are the only one who struggles with these things. Every human being needs to know, am I valuable? Am I worth it? Do I have something to contribute? And the only person that can really answer that is God himself. The next thing that I would share that I've learned is to embrace the adventure of not knowing. Now, this is really, really hard because we as people want to know everything. We want to have a 10-step plan. We want to know how this is going to happen and what's going to happen after that. (laughs) But if we really knew what was going to happen, we would probably freak out about, okay, well, how is that going to happen? Right? Like if think about where you are right now in your life. And now think about you 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you has no clue how to get to now you, (laughs) right? Like that person was just like clueless. And there's something beautiful about the way God unfolds our stories. We each get this beautiful story and it's unique to us. And there's no point in trying to copy someone else's story or wanting our story to look like somebody else's because that takes away the beauty and the adventure of our story. And so I know that it can be so frustrating because I also get frustrated and feel left behind and overlooked and all the things. But then if you really stop and think about how far God has brought you, what he's brought you through and what he's brought you to, what a great adventure it has been, right? Following the Lord is not for the faint of heart, (laughs) When you really follow the Lord, it is an adventure because he asks you to step out into things and you do and you don't know and it's scary and it doesn't always work out in the way that you think just because God tells you to do it, but he makes you who he needs you to be. He places where places you with the people that he needs you to impact And there's something just really beautiful about that adventure. You know, when we watch movies, we don't watch them because 
there's a person that is born and then everything's perfect and then they die uh, asleep and the end. No, we watch them because we want to know how they're going to overcome and how that relationship is going to work out. And it's the challenges that make the story great. And as much as we hate the challenges, we would be bored to tears if we didn't have them in our lives. And plus they make us stronger and they make us more like Christ. So embracing the adventure of not knowing. The next thing I have learned is just deciding who I'm going to be with God and stand. I don't want the world to tell me who I'm going to be. I don't want trends in society to tell me who I'm going to be. I don't even want my feelings or my friends or my family to tell me who I'm going to be. I want to know who I'm going to be by, by being with God and him revealing that to me. I think we are in a chameleon society where bandwagoning is just the thing that people do. And if you don't bandwagon, then you're shamed. But you know what? Something that a friend said recently was that the men and women that walked closest to Jesus, we were the ones that were blackballed. They were the ones that were, you know, looked down upon and because they wouldn't go with the flow. They wouldn't go with the flow with those who were completely anti-religious and against Christ. And they wouldn't go with the flow with the completely religious either. The ones that supposedly had all the religious, most righteous answers. And so I think when you decide to walk with Christ, you have to stand on who he says you are no matter what. And that can be hard and it can be scary because people that you want to like you and want to respect you, they can not (laughs) because you decide I'm not going to go with the crowd because I'm deciding with God who I'm going to be. And we also need to decide who we're going to be and not let other people's actions decide who we're going to be. We control our responses and we can't control what other people do, but we can control ourselves. And the sooner that we realize that and understand that, um, I mean, again, this is like a huge work in progress for me because I, of course, I want people to like me. I don't like when people are upset with me. Um, and yeah, it causes me anxiety, but I'm trying to get to the point where it's like, if I know in my heart of hearts that I am good with God, I'm making decisions based on right choices and you know, what I think is best according to God's word and prayer and those who have a voice of wisdom in my life and other people then outside of that, that realm have a problem with it. That sounds like a them problem. 
not a me problem. And that's kind of just where I'm trying to stand. But on another thing that I've learned, I am trying to get to the place where when I'm wrong, I want to be wrong faster. And uh, there's nothing worse than stubbornness, especially when God's trying to break break you of something. And I think there's a, a sense that we we know, we know when God's trying to get our attention, and we're just not about that. I remember I was man, it was like the darkest days of my depression, and man, I hated myself, and everything was awful, and I could you know it was just struggle after struggle. And I remember the Lord kept impressing the verse, consider others better than yourself. Consider others better than yourself. And I'm like, what? Why? Why do you keep putting this in my head? Like, are you kidding? Like, get out of my brain. <laughs> because I was like, how could I? I hate myself. Like, how can I? Like, why are you telling me to consider others better than myself? And I realized, though, that actually it was still all about me. Even though it was negative, it was still all about me. And so God was trying to show me, you know, Ashley, you have to bend your knee. I need to break you in order to rebuild you. And... This happens for all of us who follow Christ. There is no, again, I think so many of us believe that we are the only ones sometimes or I don't know if that's like a deception of the enemy or what, but no, if we follow Christ, his job is to burn away anything in us that remains of our flesh. And the Holy Spirit's job is to become like a refiner's fire. And my life song, if I was going to have a song, is this song called Burnin' by Nicole Nordeman. It is so old. It had to have come out in like either the early 2000s or 90s. I don't even know. But she says, I'm burning and I know I'm going to blister in these flames. But I'll stay here till the smoke clears and I'll find you in the ashes that remain. And there's just some seasons of our life that are like that. Like, he's burning it. It hurts. It is hard. There's no point in fighting him at, at this point. It's like, okay, Lord, you're, 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 <laughs> your mighty hand is on me. This is so hard. And it ultimately just sucks. But I'm going to get my face down. And repent. Show me. Just show me. Like get it out of me. Like I don't want to stay, you know, defending myself. I don't want to stay the same. I want to be changed. And to become like Jesus, I mean, he was accused of all kinds of things and said nothing in those moments right before his crucifixion. And there's so many times he could have defended himself and he was quiet. 
And I think there's like this piece about meekness that God really pushed me through. And, you know, I, of course, do not get this right 100% of the time. But I, I always kind of have it in my mind, you know, of something to work on. Is like, just, just get low before God has to get you there. You know, just to just get on my face and say, I am nothing. I am nothing. I am nothing. You are everything. I am nothing. Because the sooner we can get down and be wrong, the sooner he can do what he needs to do. It's our pride that he opposes. And so he's got to he's got to yank it out. So being wrong faster. So the next one would be it's okay to grow slow. So in all of these things, really, you know, sometimes it takes a while. It takes a while for him to get our bony gripped fingers off of (laughs) whatever it is that we think we're holding on to forever loving life. And I'm in a big hurry to just learn the lessons and move on. And sometimes I feel like I'm behind or... You know, why am I still struggling with this stupid thing that I thought we dealt with 10 years ago? You know, like, why do I, why am I turning 40 and still feeling insecure? Um, why am I having to ask that question at all? Do I think like, oh, I turned 40 and now I'm above insecurity? That's just weird and like a little, yeah, I don't know. I guess prideful to be like, oh, well, I have so many years behind me. So now I don't struggle. Uh, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> God, God keeps us in a place of dependence on him. And so he knows whatever our pro- proclivity is that's going to keep us close to him and dependent on him. He's going to allow that to kind of, you know, be that thorn in our flesh. That's how I see it, where it's like, yeah, if we were completely, um, self-dependent where we're like yeah I have no insecurities I'm so over it guys your comments don't affect me ever then we wouldn't have a need to like run to him and be like you know I that's why I love David because he's like these guys are the worst god (laughs) that's my paraphrase I hope you love it (laughs) um because he's basically just like saying to God, you know, this is what I've done and you are holy and it's not fair. So can you please take care of them? And this keeps us in intimacy with him. And it's okay. Like sanctification takes a while. It's okay if we're not on, you know, par with the plan that we thought like, but by age such and such, I would be a such and such. Like, Why? Because this is just a stop through for eternity. And I don't think anyone was like, okay, so thank you for, welcome to heaven. Were you successful by age 25? No. (gasps) Get out. (laughs) But we kind of like act like it, it, it goes like that, you know, like just participate with God with the timing that he has. Like we're walking 
we're walking with him and he's showing us stuff and we can obey him. And as much as it does take a long time to grow and it can be slow, like be committed to growing. Do not put up with no growth. I think that's another thing. Um, recently I listened to us us talk and they were saying about wisdom is the space that you do what you don't want to do for the future outcome of it. And I think that is a lot of things that we have to do that in. And I do not want to live my next 40 years the same year over and over again and call that a life. I want to let God do the work that he needs to do in me in order to see the change. Even if that's slow, I want to participate. I do not want to run away from him. I want to get my face on the ground. I want to pursue him. I want to have everything that I can have of him. I want to pray the big prayers. I want to have the adventure of life because we only get this one time. And I want to be able to say, Lord, you know, I didn't do this perfect, but I just hope that you know that I, that you had my whole heart, that I never held back any part of my heart, that you had my whole heart, even when it hurt. I just want him to always know that he had my whole heart. And then I guess the last thing is just kind of what I was saying before is just be in the moment and enjoy where you are. Something that I started doing when I lived overseas, which was like the season where I really felt like God was romancing me for a lack of a better word and just like really really just falling in love with him not knowing about him but knowing him not loving him but being in love with him and I remember I would drive in Belfast and there was a sign a graffiti sign under a bridge and it just said still love you and um I would see that and I felt like it was from the Lord, you know, still love you, still love you. And I think that's the thing is that he, when we are not faithful, he is always faithful. And I think of all these goofballs that God used in the Bible who were ridiculous ridiculous people. Thank goodness, because it just helps you feel like, man, if he can use that guy or that lady or whatever, then then maybe he can use me with all my shortcomings, with all the ways that I feel like I will never measure up or I will never move on fast enough or whatever it is that we're, we're saying, you know, that he's still saying to us, I still love you. I still love you because he's the one that initiated all this. And the way that we love him back is to just obey him and keep taking that one step, one foot in front of the other, saying, I love you back, Lord. I love you back. 
So those are just a few things that I wanted to share. And maybe, most definitely, there's so many more that I could share, but those are just some that I thought of. So here is to the next 40 years. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Well, I hope that encouraged you today and that you can take some of those things away and apply it to your own situation. If you enjoyed listening today, we would love it if you would share and rate the podcast. That helps so much. And if you want to take a screenshot of wherever you're listening and share it on your Instagram stories and tag called to build or me, Ashley.Morgan.Jackson, we will be able to see those and share those out as well. We thank you so much for listening and for your support. And we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening.